Hi, and welcome to Comchurch Talks. This is our sermon of the day. We pray that it will be a real blessing to you. I know you'll be encouraged, challenged, and uplifted by the talk that you're about to hear. Wow, it's great to be in church Friday night. It's the end of the week. Tonight, my message is called, Thank God It's Friday. Thank God It's Friday. Um, has anyone ever got to the end of the week and thought, thank God, it's Friday? Have I got anyone that understands what it feels like to get to the end of a week and go, thank God, it's Friday? Do I have anyone that, f- that feels that? All right, yeah. It's a phrase that we all know, thank God, it's Friday. And um, it's the feeling we get at the end of the week. I wonder, Josh, if I... Josh, could you help me out and turn this monitor around so I can hear? That'd be great. It's a phrase made famous by the end of the week feeling, that feeling when you get to Friday and you've had a crazy work week and all of a sudden you just go, ah, Friday's come and I've got a few days off. I love that. It's ironic that um, a restaurant has taken the name TGI with the little abbreviation TGI Fridays. Who's been to that restaurant? I stole a menu I stole, I actually, I did ask, I did ask for it. So um, I, stole, I stole a menu and one of these little things that gives you a buzz. Have you ever had one of these things that gives you a buzz when you get into the restaurant and they buzz it and you go, I've got to go to my table now. But like, so TGI Fridays is a restaurant. They have great food. I was just looking at this. That's great food, Rob. Take a little picture there, look. Look at that burger. Has anyone had that Jack Daniels barbecue sauce that they put on everything? Oh, who likes, who likes a bit of that? Yeah. All right. Yeah, no, I like TGIs. Great food. Their mantra at that restaurant, this restaurant, the mantra of them is that it can be Friday every day if you go to their place to buy the meal. It can be Friday every day. That's their mantra at um, TGI Fridays. But of course, it can't be Friday every day. It just can't. TGIF. Some initials, thank God it's Friday. The fact that we've finally done everything that we needed to do and then we got to Friday and we went, can everybody let out a big breath? We go, one, two, three. Thank God it's Friday. And breathe. Don't we? We said that, and breathe. That's how we feel when we get to it. But every time you hear this phrase, TGIF, or thank God it's Friday in the future, I want it to remind us of Good Friday. I want it to remind us of the very first Good Friday. It may seem trivial today to you um, that I'm using TGI Fridays as an example, or a little jokey that there's an association with a restaurant and the end of the week feeling and, and Actually, we're trying to talk about the Son of God dying. It might seem a little jokey to you. It might seem a little bit trivial that Jesus was crucified and we're using a little example like this. You know what? Jesus died for you and me and we sang that amazing song just now and you could sense the Holy Spirit in the room. But there's, um, Josh read the scriptures at the start of this service tonight, but I just want us to let this sink in. You know what? The word of God never returns void. So why don't we stand while we read the word together tonight? The death of Jesus, which is in Matthew. Matthew 27, and I'm going to start at verse 45 if you're going to follow. 
From the sixth hour until the ninth hour, darkness came over all the land. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama shabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, he's calling Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran and got a sponge. He filled it with wine vinegar, put it on a stick and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes and saves him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. I'm going to go a bit further. At the moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two. From top to bottom, the earth shook and the rocks split. The tombs broke open and bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs. And after Jesus' resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many people. When the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, Surely... He was the Son of God. Lord, I pray you'd speak to us through this message tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't you take your seats? Jesus went to the cross. He was beaten. He was bruised. He was, he was bleeding before he even got to hang on the cross. Um, they drove nails into his hand. We've got a few crosses around the room tonight near where we're going to take communion later on. But he was hung in the worst possible way. He hung there, our saviour. I don't know um, everybody here tonight, but I certainly can speak for most of the members of Com Church that we love Jesus. Our saviour was killed and crucified on that first Good Friday. It should hurt us when we talk about it. It should be a sensitive subject for us. This is our saviour that we love, and he went to the cross. If this suffering was one of your family members, thankful is not one of the first things that you would consider to be. If you saw the suffering that Jesus had, and it was happening to a loved one, thankful is the last thing you would be. Church, I want to ask us tonight, have we become desensitised to that moment that we read about? Have we become hard? Have we become careless with the message of Easter? Tonight, our friends at Hope Church are watching The Passion of the Christ. They've got a movie night. They're watching The Passion of the Christ. The film is a graphic reminder of what Jesus did for us. It's made by Hollywood, and it's an amazing portrayal of Jesus' last few hours where blood was dripping from him and the pains that he went through to reach the cross. Before he ever reached the cross, he was bleeding, he was bruised, he was betrayed, he was brutalised, he was berated by his friends, and he was broken. Before he ever reached out his arms and hung on the cross. Are we more interested in our bank holiday activities than the reason for the bank holiday itself? But when you leave this room tonight, I pray that you will be able to whisper to heaven the words, thank you. Thank you for Good Friday. Thank God it's Good Friday. Thank you, God. And I want you to have a real understanding of why we can thank God. You see, this Friday, 
Good Friday is the pivotal day in history, the pivotal day around, around which history was formed. Without death, there could have not been a resurrection. Without the cross, there could not have been an empty tomb. Tonight, I want to put it this way, and if you're making notes, this is what I want to say. The resurrection found its glory in the power of the cross. The resurrection finds its power in the glory, uh, uh, finds its glory in the power of the cross. There are two TGIFs that I want to share tonight, two TGIFs, two reasons why we should be so thankful for the first Good Friday. We need to thank God that he kept his word. God kept his word. Christ's death at Calvary was the fulfillment of so many numerous predictions and prophecies that are found in the Old Testament. Jesus didn't happen to follow this course by accident. It was as a direct um, a de- direct result of prophecies that were given hundreds of years earlier in the Old Testament. Pro- prophecy after prophecy not only described Jesus' life, but they also described Jesus' death. Something to give praise for is Psalm 22. I don't know if you've ever read Psalm 22. I'm not going to read it. Maybe we will over communion. Um, but there are 33 prophecies in that psalm that were fulfilled as Jesus hung on the cross. In that psalm, 33 prophecies were fulfilled by him hanging on the cross. As Jesus takes his last breath, he quotes the opening of that psalm. As he took his last breath, he quote the ending of that psalm. It's an amazing psalm. And these prophecies were put out there and Jesus was the fulfillment of them. God was faithful to his word. He did what he said he was going to do. The crucifixion of Christ was the fulfillment of so many prophecies. Let's give thanks for this Good Friday. God, in his foreknowledge, knew it was coming as the only way for mankind to be reconciled and redeemed to him. Jesus knew that he had to go through this process so that we could be reconciled and redeemed. The other thing we can give thanks for is thank God that he gave us his son. God gave us his son and he went through with it. On the first Good Friday, Jesus understood what he was doing. When Jesus walked up the hill, he knew what it meant. As Josh was saying when he was leading worship earlier, Isaiah 53 verse 5, many, many years written before Jesus ever walked up the hill carrying a cross. Yet those words exist in Isaiah Jesus knew about crucifixion. He knew what the pain of crucifixion was. He knew how excruciating it was to be the victim of crucifixion. But he was still willing to choose the path of going to the cross. John 10, verse 17 to 18, Jesus with his own words says, I laid down my life and I pick it up again. He knew what was coming. This is before he's gone to the cross. He knew he was going to have to lay down his life and pick it up again. He knew exactly what was going on and he still did it. Thank God it's Friday. Jesus let it happen and God let it happen from heaven because the Godhead knew that without shedding of blood, 
there was no forgiveness. Hebrews 9.22 talks about how blood has to be shed in order for there to be forgiveness. And Jesus went through anyway. Jesus stayed on the cross even though he could have come down. Jesus had an entire menu of options open to him. Jesus had a menu full of options that he could have taken rather than going through with the cross for you and me. He could have backed out in the garden when he was sweating blood. He could have backed out before Pilate, standing in front of the Pilate's court. He could have actually made a defense and got himself out of what was going on. In Herod's shotgun court, he could have got out of it. He could have turned around and walked out. Hanging there with two criminals either side of him, he could have called on all of heaven to lift him off that cross and go away. There was a menu of options open to Jesus, yet he chose to go through it. Jesus let it happen. Now, if that's not love, I don't know what it is. Is that, do you feel loved by that tonight, that Jesus went through that for you? I'm going to ask Dawn and Dave to just begin to move back to the keyboard, so I'm not going long tonight. But I want to conclude with this. I wonder why we no longer flinch when we hear the phrase, Jesus was crucified. I wonder why there's no lump in your throat anymore when we hear that the nails were driven through Jesus' hand. Has the story of the cross become routine to us? Has time sanitized the suffering that Jesus went through? Does it really mean what it should mean to us? Maybe what, what happened on Good Friday has become so familiar to us, and maybe that's why we don't often thank God for, for Good Friday. Why would we? It's a sad time. It's about the death of the one we love. But take some time tonight to meditate on this. The cross showed that 2,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, we can thank God for that Friday. We can thank God that he gave his son. We can thank God that he, he was good to his word, that the God that we love is good to his word. We can do those things. We can bring... We can bring our sin to the cross. We can bring our hurt to the cross. We can bring our sorrow to the cross. We can bring our sickness to the cross, our challenges. And we're good at that. We do that. But I really also believe tonight that we can bring our victories and our successes and everything that goes great. And when we receive a turnaround in our circumstances, we can bring our victories and place them back at the cross. Tonight, the cross is a powerful central point that we can all focus on. Jesus chose that route. He chose to hung there, though he didn't have to. He could have done anything else, but he died for us because he knew blood had to be shed for the hopes of mankind. So I just want to say this. We have it down. I really do. I really believe that we have it down. When we come to the cross, when we go to communion, when we have prayer lines and we bring 
our prayer requests before God. We got it good. We can come with our challenges and our problems and our difficulties. But like the resurrection that finds its glory in the cross, we too can find our victories and our glory in the cross. As you come up for communion tonight, and Sarah's going to read that Psalm 22 to us, if that's okay. Um, Dawn's going to minister a song that I want you to have in your heart, and we're going to prophesy it over the people of Comchurch this year. In 2018, you're not just going to bring to the cross your pain and your challenges and your hurts, but you're going to bring your victories. And you'll go, I'm going to count it all as lost for the Saviour that died for me, the Saviour that truly went to that cross and hung there for me. We can count it all as lost. And this song will really minister to you. Dave, if you could just play as I introduce Dawn. In every victory, let it be said of me, my source of strength, my source of hope is Christ alone. Listen to this song. I wonder if we could just drop the, the lights and you just listen to this song as Dawn worships it and ministers to us tonight.
In every victory, let it be said of me, my source of hope, my source of strength is Christ alone. We're going to move into a time of communion. I'm going to ask our senior leadership team if they would just come forward. We're going to um, set up at each each of the stations. There are four stations around, um, around here. And if you could go to a table each, you can just own one. We're going to take communion together. And when you come to take communion tonight at this table, you'll be served by the leaders of the church. But they're going to pray over your life. It may be that you're bringing a challenge or a hurt or a sickness or a tear, a pain, a hardship. It may be that to the cross station that you come tonight, that you're bringing a broken heart. It may be that you're bringing a broken relationship. I have no idea what you're going to bring. But what our leadership is going to do tonight is prophesy over your life. They're going to pray over your life because in 2018, you can expect a victory. The Bible says you can be an overcomer in the face of every circumstance. And I want our team to prophesy over your life, to share in your life. I'm going to just speak to our leaders. Bible says that the spirit is subject to the prophet. You may have a word of knowledge tonight. You may have a word for someone specifically. You go out and give that. The Holy Spirit is going to move in this place tonight as we pray over you, as we lay hands on you. If you're visiting here tonight and you don't feel comfortable to come and do this, that's no problem. You stay in your seat. But if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, then we'd encourage you to come and take the emblems with us and we'll pray over your life. But we're just going to take a moment as, the, as Dave ministers and plays and we're going to bring our hurts and our needs to the cross, but they're going to be turned into victories. And every victory you have also needs to come back to the cross. If you take credit for it yourself, if your success is taken by you, you undermine the power of the cross. We bring it back to the cross and we say, because of you, Jesus, I was an overcomer. Because of you, I saw that situation turn round. So be prepared to bring your need tonight. Be prepared to bring your challenge. But you're going to walk away knowing that God is going to move and you will be victorious in Jesus' name. So I'm going to ask Dave just to play. If we want to stand together, Sarah's going to read Psalm 22, which was written so long before Jesus hung on the cross. So long.
And yet it describes perfectly the situation here on Good Friday. So if you want to go to each table as families, children go with the parents, go together. And as families, as we said, you know, the senior leadership team will pray over. So if you just want to start going now. And this is a prophetic portrait of the cross. God, my God, why would you abandon me now? Why do you remain distant, refusing to answer my tearful cries in the day and my desperate cries for your help in the night? I can't stop sobbing. Where are you, my God? Yet I know that you are most holy. It's indisputable. You are God enthroned, surrounded with songs, living among the shouts of praise of your princely people. Our Father's faith was in you. Through the generations, they trusted and believed in you, and you came through. Every time they cried out to you in their despair, you were faithful to deliver them, and you didn't disappoint them. But look at me now. I am like a woeful worm, crushed, and I'm bleeding crimson. I don't even look like a man anymore. I've been abused, despised, and scorned by everyone, mocked by their jeers, despised with their sneers, as all the people poked fun at me, spitting their insults, saying, is this the one who trusted in God? Is this the one who claims God is pleased with him? Now let's see if your God will come to your rescue. We'll see just how much he delights in you. Lord, you delivered me safely from my mother's womb. You are the one who cared for me ever since I was a baby. Since the day I was born, I've been placed in your custody. You've cradled me throughout my days. I've trusted in you and you've always been my God. So don't leave me now. Stay close to me. For trouble is all around me and there is no one else to help me. I'm surrounded by many violent foes. Mighty forces of evil are swirling around me who want to break me to bits and destroy me. Curses pour from their mouths. They're like ravenous, roaring lions tearing their prey. Now I'm completely exhausted. I'm spent. Every joint of my body has been pulled apart. My courage has vanished and my inward parts have melted away. I'm so thirsty and parched dry as a bone. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. And now you've left me in the dust for dead. They have pierced my hands and my feet. Like a pack of wild dogs, they tear at me, swirling around me with their hatred. They gather around me like lions to pin my hands and feet. All my bones stick out. Look at how they gloat over me and stare. With a toss of a dice, they divide my clothes among them, gambling for my garments. Lord, my God, please don't stay far away, for you are my only might and strength. Won't you come quickly to my rescue? Give me back my life. Save me from this violent death. Save my precious one and only from the power of these demons. Save me from all the power of the enemy, from the roaring lion raging against me and the power of his dark horde. Thanks for listening to Comchurch Talks. We'd love to hear from you. 
and you're welcome to any of our Sunday services or midweek comms. For more information or to contact us, please visit www.comchurch.org.uk or find us on Facebook. God bless you.